Well, you know, if you didn't have something to worry about before, you now have something to worry about. <clears throat> because I just put a little uh, into your invitation to come and be there. And, uh, and today we're talking about worry, which is <coughs> kind of appropriate. Um, you know, I really think that after last week, uh, if you didn't leave here with just a little worry, you were either brain dead, uh, you weren't listening, or you've just kind of written it all off and you're going to do your own thing. Last week, uh, we were talking about this idea to say, you know, you got two kinds of treasures. You're either going to seek a heavenly treasure or an earthly treasure. You've got, you got kind of two kind of eyes. You're either going to have a, a clear eye and, or a, a clouded eye, and I won't have time to get into that for you if you weren't here. You kind of missed that. Or you're going you're gonna to serve God or you're going to serve money, one, one or the other. And so, you know, we kind of left you with that. And, and so <laughs> we get there, and, and I hope that you, with me, chose very clearly to say we're choosing heavenly treasures over earthly treasures. We're going to choose to be more generous, which is that clear kind of eye. And we are going to choose God over money. <clears throat> well, that's all good, Right. And, and, I, and I, I have reaffirmed that last week in my own life, and I'm sure that you did as well. But the reality is, is that we've still got to pay the mortgage, right? <laughs> and the mortgage and the electric bill are, are coming here right at the end of the month, and we, we've got to take care of that. And, and in fact, the car just broke down, and my kid just asked me about going to camp. And camp in Southern California is so expensive. I don't know how anybody goes to camp. And, and, and then on top of that, you know, I'd really like to take a little family vacation this summer. And, and I don't know how I'm going to pay for that either. But, but somehow it's all going to work out, right? Because what we hear from last week, after he finishes his idea about you can't serve God and money, his great words of counsel in verse 25 are, Therefore, don't worry. Now that's good, isn't it? Don't worry. Don't worry about anything. It's all going to be good. <laughs> I don't know about you, but when somebody says to me, oh, don't worry, it's going to be okay, it doesn't always do a lot for me. I, I, I'm, I'm a, I know that I kind of have a tendency toward worry, and those kinds of responses don't usually help me too much. But I think Jesus does say something to us here in this our text for today that does help us when we're thinking about the things that might incline us towards worry. So let's follow along with me if you'd like in Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 25. I think I don't have my glasses. I can read the print, but the numbers are out of sight. Verse 25. It says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear, what you, excuse me, what you, about your body, what you will wear is not excuse me, I gotta get my glasses. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. That is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow and is thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you? 
O you of little faith. So do not worry, saying, What shall I eat, or what shall we drink, what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You know, I read that, and, and, uh, and, I, and I realize that I am a worrier. <clears throat> and, and I just, kind of the way I'm just wired, I guess, or something. But any worriers in here? Oh, just a couple of you. <coughs> well, <coughs> I don't know. Uh, he, he, he tells us not to worry, and so we're not going to worry. And, you know, that's a pretty common theme. In fact, uh, maybe we all ought to sing, sing this song. Aguna Matata. Doesn't that help you out? No worries. That'd be good. It's never done work. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't work. You know, it, 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 and, and so when we look at Jesus' words to say, don't worry, you know, we can look at them, and we can look at them like they're just another, you know, cartoon character, a little philosophical jingle that we throw out there to say, don't worry. But, but it's more than that. You see, because there's a problem with worry. There is. And the problem with worry is this. It's a conscious and sometimes unconscious, I believe, desire to be in control. That's it. When we start worrying about stuff, we are basically saying, I'm going to figure it out, right? I'm going to make it better. If I can just get my head around it, if I can get my hands around it, if I can get my wallet around it, I can make this thing better. And so we, we get into this mode of, of I'm going to be in control and I'm going to somehow make this right and make this better and I'm going to cover every little piece of all of this thing and it's all going to be taken care of and, and, and we're not going to have any kind of problem here. But this is the reality. You are not... <laughs> in control very much or very often. And some things are in your control, but, but most things you, you really don't have a lot of control over. And, and, and the things that we most worry over are those very things. And why do we most worry over those things? Because we don't have control over them. We, 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 can't, we can't fix what's far away. We can't fix what's not coming yet. I, I tell you, I, I started thinking about this stuff, and then I started watching commercials. You ever watch commercials? And, and if, you, if you do, what you'll find is that almost all of the commercials are oriented to make you feel some kind of worry. My favorite one recently has been the financial planners. Are you going to have enough to make to live out your retirement, or will your retirement outlive you? Ah! You know, we'd be panic over those things, and and maybe we ought to. I mean, we certainly ought to give some thought to that. I don't. I'm not saying don't give thought to that, but but you know, they're oriented like that. They're 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 kind of like, did you know that 89 percent of all men have uh, problems with X Y Z? And well, no, I didn't know that, but wow, now I'm nervous and. You know, and, and it just, you know, they're just kind of oriented that way to play on our worry. And, and, and they're trying to say, you need to get control of your life. 
But can I just tell you that that part of, you, you remember my little grid <laughs> at the beginning of all this? And one of them is if we're going to live in control or we're going to live in surrender. And, and, and it's part of this calling to be a Christ follower. It's, it's not a calling to do nothing. But, but there is something about relinquishing control that is healthy and freeing for us. And so, you know, but we still deal with work. <laughs> so the question and the thing I told you last week was, how do you get through worry? I'm going to tell you about it. How do you get through worry? Because no matter how much your pastor can stand up here or even Jesus can say to you, don't worry, <laughs> we're worrying. We tend to worry. So, so I, I, want, I want you to see what Jesus was really saying here and, and, and find a way that, that we can somehow kind of lessen our tendency to worry and, and increase kind of what Jesus says, oh, ye of little faith. And I hate to say that because it seems like such a nasty thing to say. But I didn't say it. He said it. And, and so how do we kind of get through the worry? Well, the first one is just this. I'm going to give you four things you can do. First one is this. I think you have to acknowledge the tension. <coughs> you have to acknowledge the tension. Sometimes we, we worry and fret and, and, and we're thinking that we're in control, but we have to acknowledge the fact that there are some things that are in our control and there are some things over which we have very little control. And that's just the way life is. It's just there. And, and the, the trick of this process is to be able to identify the difference. Be able to identify the difference of, of when my worry is over things that I have no control of, over and only God has control over and things that, that I have some control over. Something I can do something about. Does that make sense? And Jesus talks to us about that because he tells us in this process, he says, he said, you know what? All of your worry cannot add a single hour to your lifespan. He's like, it's not going to help you if I do that. Just, you know, kind of step up to the plate and say, yeah, yeah it's not going to happen. He, he tells us that, that worry and those kind of desires to control and make everything happen, that's what the pagans do. That's his word, I think. Where was that? I think that's his word. See, that's, what the pagans, that, that's what the people who are far from God do. They're the ones that worry. <clears throat> Guess what? <laughs> oh, Lord, please forgive me. I don't want to be one of them. We also, in this passage, have the assurance of God's awareness of our needs. Jesus is telling us, reminding us, you know, God knows what's going on. God knows your situation. God knows what's happening. God knows your stress level. God knows your, your family's needs. And God knows what your kid just did. And God knows this and that and the other thing. And and, you know, God knows those things. He knows what's going on. And just in passing, let me remind you that when he says the birds of the air, <clears throat> they don't harvest or store. But can I just tell you that the birds of the air work like little doggies? I don't know if that makes any sense. How does a bird work like a dog? But, again, how do I sweat like a pig? So, I don't know, but... <clears throat> You know, the, the birds, this is, not, this is not an invitation to do nothing. Now, Jesus is not saying, do nothing, you know, put your head down on your pillow, and in the morning you're going to wake up with a plate full of food on your table next to you. It's not an invitation to do nothing. 
It's an invitation to trust. You understand? And there's a big difference. There is a huge, big difference. And, and somehow we have to live within that tension of there's stuff that I don't have control over, and I'm, I have to kind of live there. I have to just say, yeah, I, I acknowledge that. There's stuff that could potentially cause me to worry because I don't have control over it and I'm going to have to do something about it. See, he's inviting us to think differently about life. Well, that brings us to the second thing. Not only do we have to acknowledge the situation, the, the, the tendency for this control and worry and all that stuff, but we've got to seek first the kingdom of God. <laughs> That's his real answer. <laughs> seek first the kingdom of God. Now, I'll just tell you a couple things that I think this means. I think, I think he's talking to us about this idea of living in the kingdom principles he's been talking about. You know, for the last, you know, two, three chapters here, since chapter five, he's been talking to us, of this Sermon on the Mount, about what it is to live in this good and beautiful life. And so he's been talking to us about, about anger and about fear and uh, talking to us about our commitments and talking to us about all kinds of stuff about just Real basic kingdom principles about how we live. And if we're going to seek God first, we've got to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to live by that stuff. I'm just not going to read about it and think about it, but I'm actually going to live by that stuff. They're kingdom principles. And I think the second thing he's just saying to us that is related and perhaps the same thing, but I, just a little different. He says we've got to live with kingdom priorities. That's kingdom priorities. See, last week's discussion was about you, you, you can't have two masters. You're either going to love one or hate the other, but eventually it's going to come to that. <clears throat> you can't have two masters. You, you can't store up heavenly treasure and earthly treasure. You've you, you got to kind of do one or the other. You've you got to seek God's kingdom first. And, and that means first in everything. It's first in how I live my life. It's, it's in every decision that I make. It's in every activity that I do. It's in every relationship that I have. It's in every business deal that I make. It's in my how I structure my life. It is in absolutely everything that we are. It is God first. Does that make sense? That's easier said than done, I know. But it starts with just saying, okay, I want to do that. That's where it starts. Seek his kingdom first. But too often, we seek our own kingdom. And why do we do that? Because we're worrying. <laughs> we're, we're making decisions <clears throat> based on our pocketbooks. We're making decisions based on our fear level. We're making decisions based on our experiences in the past. And God is saying to us, seek me first, and all the rest of the stuff will take care of its stuff in its own good time. Why? Because guess what? We're just passing through. We're just passing through. Now, some of you, when I asked you, could you come and help me knock on doors? <laughs> I'm just telling you. Some of you said, you know, hell's going to freeze over before I'm going to go out there and knock on somebody's door. Okay? Sorry. But, I mean, some of you are, are there. And, and why? Why do you say that? 
I say that because I've never done that before. I say that because I'm afraid. <laughs> I say that because I'm worried. What will people think of me? And, and what's going to happen to me? And I live in that neighborhood. And what would my neighbor think if I came to the door and said, Hey, I've been praying for you. How can I pray for you more specifically? And, and so we kind of we kind of we back out of that in a hurry. We say, oh, well, that's not my personality. I don't do that kind of thing. That's what pastors do. He's called to do that. We pay him good money to do that. But that's not my thing. But I just say to you that that perhaps <laughs> perhaps living in kingdom priorities says, you know what? It's not about me, but it's about the kingdom. And maybe I ought to. Just take a chance on some of this stuff. Does that make sense? That was quiet. But you get the idea. Because it affects everything that we are. It affects how we handle our money. It affects how we handle our relationships. It affects our priorities of life, time, all of those kinds of things. And and so oftentimes they are based uh, based not on kingdom priorities as they are on resolving our worry. <laughs> I can fix it. I'll just work harder and do all those kinds of things. So seek first his kingdom and his principles of living and his priorities of life. Third thing is this. There is a, a call to commit to the present, I think, in the words that he shares with us. And, and I will just say this. <clears throat> there is nothing wrong with evaluating the past. What, what some people say, if you don't understand your history, you're, you're doomed to repeat it. <laughs> so there's nothing wrong with evaluating the past. You, you just, you just, but you just can't live there. <laughs> and, and there's nothing wrong with planning for the future. I think if we don't plan for the future, we're, we're in trouble. But you also can't live there. And that includes the worry, because that's usually where the worry comes. Usually past brings us guilt, future brings us worry. That's where we kind of tend to live. But living in the present is part of what helps us deal with the tendency to worry. It's not to say don't think about the future and don't think about the past, but, but it is part of what helps us deal with our tendency to worry. That's what he says in that verse, last verse there. He says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Isn't that true? You see, because the mistakes of the past cannot be undone. You understand that? You can't go back and undo the words you said. You can't go back and undo the, the silly things that you did. You can't go back and undo the, the failings of your morality or your character or your habits. Or You can't go back and undo any of that. It is what it is. And the glory of the past, the best of the past, that glory only lasts so long. You, you, can't, you can't live in the past and say, oh, those were the days, weren't they? <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't live there long. And the future, it's not here yet. We can plan for tomorrow, and we need to plan for tomorrow. But what tomorrow brings, none of us can tell. None of us. See, and a focus on the future merely brings trouble from the future into the present. 
We don't need to do that. Jesus says there's enough trouble for today. But today, today is where we choose how we live. Today, you can make better choices so that when today is yesterday, it's not going to haunt you. Does that make sense? And today is where you can make choices that can impact your tomorrow. It's just today. We've got a plan for tomorrow, but live in today. And that's what Jesus is telling us. When we get, when we get obsessed with tomorrow, we live in constant worry because no one knows what tomorrow brings. Plan well, but don't live there. Does that make sense? Okay. The fourth thing is just this. I think we've got to pray through your worries. I, I, he, he doesn't call us to prayer here. He, 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 just, he just tells us, don't worry. Uh, tomorrow's got enough problems of its own. And God loves you. He'll take care of you. Uh, but but I, I want to just give you one more that's not in this text. And, and it's really simply the, this process of praying through your worries. And, and I want to just tell you how to do that. And I, I think it's partially what we've already talked about. But, but there's something that happens when we begin to pray about our worries in a very systematic kind of way. So all of you people that raise your hand when you're worrying, this is for you and me. It's just this. I'm going to give you like six things here, seven things you can do. First thing is just identify your worries. You've got you to name them. <coughs> what are you worried about? Just name them. And, and then I would just encourage you to write them down. Don't just have some vague, you know, I'm, I'm anxious about the future. Or write down exactly what, is, what it is that you're anxious about. Just, you know, write that down specifically. And then ask yourself, when you've got your little list there, and it may be a long list, but hopefully it's not too long, but you've got your list, and, and go through those, and then ask yourself about every single one of those, what can I do to remedy this situation? Does that make sense? What can I do to remedy this situation? What is in my power and control to do about this? Can I go and seek forgiveness? Can I... Um, can I put aside ten dollars a month towards whatever? Can I can I plan? Can I you know cut? I'm, I'm thinking money. So can I cut my budget here so I can make this all work and do those kinds of things? But be just write down specifically what is it that I can do about each one of these situations? And when you go down through them, what you're going to come to is that about half or more of them you have absolutely no control over. Okay, I want to say, or, or some of them are going to be mixed. I want to say, I put on my list, I'm down here praying this morning for my wife, Norma. And I say, <clears throat> God, you know what she's going through. She's, she's had some kind of weird reaction to some new medication that she's taking, and, and she's just kind of curled up in a ball. And, and, I'm, and I'm praying, God, you know, what can I do? And, and there's nothing I can do. It's one of those kind of things. They give it to you, and it's in your system, and, you know, it's there for a month. You've just got to deal with it. And, and so there's nothing I can do other than tell the doctor, we don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> this isn't working. <laughs> Can't live like this. I can call the doctor and say, is there some other kind of antidote to this or something like that? But, but I, I, can't, 
I can't do too much about that. I just have to say, God, is in your hand. Well, make yourself a note. This is what I'm going to do to deal with this. On Monday morning, I'm going to email my oncologist, her oncologist and say, hey, what's going on with this? She's had major side effects to this medication. Um, what, what can we do? How can you help us? Okay, great. Make a list. I'm going to do that. This is what I'm going to do. The next thing is very simply, and then turn everything else over to God. Say, God, (laughs) this is what I can do. I can't do anything else about this, so here it is. I'm giving you this worry point in my life. And when you give that worry point to God in your life, you need to write out your request. I'm I'm not a real big journaler, I'll just tell you that, but... But sometimes it's just really good to write down very specifically what you're asking God for. God, I'd like all the nausea and the vomiting and all the rest to stop. Write down and be very specific. And the last thing is just simply this, is just trust God for the rest. Because in reality, that's where it comes back to. At the very bottom, that's where it comes back to. Great passage of Scripture in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. It says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses or transcends all understanding. That's to say the peace that makes no sense in the circumstances. The peace that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. You want to get through worry? This is kind of where it goes. You've just you got to just acknowledge that you deal with it. You've got to go through the process and just seek His kingdom first in all things. You've got to just commit to say, God, I'm going to live in the present. I can't. I can't. What I can do for the future, I'm going to do, but I can't live there. And you got to pray. Pray. Commit. Trust. See, when we when we end up after having done all of that, and we're still worrying, then you have to go back over and start again. <laughs> Just start at the top of the list again, because you don't need to live with worry. There's lots of stuff in life. There's lots of stuff in life that's going to shake us up. Give us cause for worry. But Jesus says, Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life. What you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, all that stuff. God knows you need that stuff. 
rather seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. That's just not a akuma matata. That's the truth of God's Word. You can trust Him. Do all you can. But commit it all into His hands. Seek Him first. Amen? When you leave here, I'm going to pray in a minute. And uh, when you leave here, I have a, a little thing here that everybody who raised your hand ought to at least take one of these. It's just a little bookmark kind of thing. It's just praying through our worries. And it just lists the things that I just talked to you about and it has that Philippians 4 passage at the bottom of it. I want you to have one of these. <clears throat> I'm one of you. Okay? I acknowledge it. I'm one of you. But God has something more for us warriors. It's called peace that surpasses all understanding. Amen? Let's pray. Father, into your hands do we give all that we are. Lord, a lot of us carry (coughs) big plates full of stuff. Sometimes, Lord, it doesn't have to really be all that big a deal, but We can just be worriers anyway. But Lord, that's not what you called us to. You called us to peace. To trust. And so Lord, when those moments of worry just want to sneak up and grab a hold of us and take control of our lives, Lord, remind us. Remind us of how we work our way through it. Lord, by knowing that you love us, by seeking your kingdom first, by living in the presence, the present, by committing it all to you in prayer. Lord, it's not about us. We're not in control of all that much. But Lord, you are. And so into your hands do we give you all that would cause us worry. You're a good God. Thank you, Lord, for your good blessings in our lives. Take it all in Jesus' name.